Well, good morning. My name is David. I'm Brother David Picciuto from the Irvine Branch in California. I, by the grace of God, am an evangelist of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, I say, by the grace of God. You know, in our lives, we, as we heard yesterday, our Brother Wally's memorial, the, uh, the power of the love of Jesus, how it transformed our lives, how it changed us. It made us different individuals. It, it works with us as we grow. I mean, you know, I, I will not stand here and tell you I'm perfect, I'm in the process of perfection. And someday I'll stand before the throne of God by His grace, made perfect through the blood of Jesus. I believe that. And the hope that I have in this life is that I might be faithful. That I might be able to stand against all the fiery darts of the enemy. That I might be able to stand against all the challenges of life. That I might be able to stand in the midst and trials and confusion and all the things that happen to us because we're human. How many of us ever get confused? Nobody here. No hands went up. I'm the only one. My wife reminds me how confused I am when I make the wrong turn on the freeway. But, you know, we are what we are. And we're here today because we desire something. I'm here today because I have a desire in my heart to serve God. I'm here today because I'm looking forward to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God in the lives of those that I associate with. We pray together. You know, I came in this morning and the brothers and sisters were kneeling, on the, kneeling down there praying. They have a prayer service. And I thought to myself, how nice is this? And I came in and I knelt down and I even got involved. I could have said, well, I'm just visiting. I don't have to say a word. But no, I want to be a participant in the blessings of God. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that God's going to just do everything for you? Or do you have to do something? That's called a relationship, right? We have to do this. It's a relationship. It, he blesses us and we bless him. Oh, Brother David, how can we bless God? We bless God by being obedient to his will. We bless God by being obedient to his word. We bless God by being obedient as we pray for those around us that are falling, as we pray for those around us that are afflicted. We bless God by doing all the things that Jesus says, what you've done unto these, you've done unto me. That's how we bless God. And when we find that there's people struggling and we try to support them the best we can, Jesus says you're doing it to him. Do you believe that? And with that challenge, I want to bring some things just to our light. Um, there's a few thoughts that I've had this morning. And, well, I'd be lying if I said a few. There's a lot of thoughts that I've had this morning. I mean, so many thoughts I could confuse myself. But I want the Spirit of God to direct the words that I say to you this morning. I want the blessing of God to be in your life today. Simply because you're able to be in the house of God in the presence of His Spirit. Not because I'm speaking to you. Not because any of these other brothers speak to you. But because your heart is open to receive what God has for you. Now, there's a passage of Scripture in Proverbs. And I'm not going to go to it or read it. But I'm just going to relate to it. It says, I love those that love me. That's God speaking. I love those that love me. And then he goes on to say, seek me early and ye shall find me. Now, wait a minute, Brother David. What do you mean, I love those that love me? God only loves those that love him? And we all answered the question just a minute ago. Is there something we have to do? We have to find a way to love God the way he wants us to love him. Right? Now, if I were to ask the question, how many of us are in, in, in marital relationships, and you don't love your wife the way she wants to be loved, how long is that going to last? Right? I mean, when we first meet, it's always open the door, you know, here's flowers and all this. And then after 
a year or so, it's like, it doesn't open the door for me no more. I don't get flowers no more. Well, what's going on here? It's a relationship with somebody, and so is God a relationship with somebody. And Jesus, the very Emmanuel, the God that was and is still with us, because he promised he would make his abode in us if, and the caveat is, if we would obey his commandments. He says, I will abode, I, if you love me, keep my commandments, he says, and my Father and I will make our abode in you, and we will manifest ourselves in you. So if we truly love the Lord, and he's first and foremost, yes, we deal with everything in life, but he's first and foremost, if we truly love him, if we make a decision in life and we go to him first, it's important, because that's what you do with your wife or your, your spouse. If you really love them and you've got to make a decision, you're going to go talk to them about that decision, right? You're going to go talk to them and say, hey, we've got to do this, or maybe, is this okay? Can we work on it? Do we do that with God? Oh, no, I like that Cadillac. I'm just going to go get it. Or I like that, that piece of property. I'm just going to go get it. I don't need to ask God about all that stuff. I worked with a man like that one time. I don't bother God for the small things, he says. And I said, well, I have to have you know I bother God for everything. Everything we do, God asks that we would have him a part of our life. And as we go through the scriptures, you know, we read, and I want to read this to you. It's found in, uh, let me find my passage of scripture here. You know, we, I put it on paper so I don't have to flip through the pages, and then I get so many notes, I just, it's just so, I might as well just go back to the Word of God and open up the book, because I try to condense it to make it a little faster. First Nephi, 15th chapter. This story is about a young man who's trying to convince his brothers, Laman and Lemuel, about the blessings of God, about what it takes to be blessed. And as hard as he tried, it was difficult and he says this to them in the 24th verse. And I, say it, and I said unto them that it was the word of God, and whoso would hearkeneth unto the word of God, and would hold fast unto it, they would never perish, neither could the temptations of the fiery, or, and the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them unto blindness, to lead them away to destruction. And every time I read this, I think, you know, there is a word that I, I've heard recently, and I have never knew this word even existed. It's called a caveat. And the caveat to this, this whole thing about not being overpowered by the devil is simply this. Whosoever would hearken and would hold fast unto the word of God. If you would hearken, what's that mean? To listen to. If the word of God says we must pray, then we must pray. If we have to find time to pray, we have to find time to pray. We must sing songs. I enjoyed Sunday school this morning. Brother Mike, that was, that was amazing. I don't know where you're at. I'm looking, but I don't see you. There you are. Okay. I enjoyed Sunday school this morning. It was different. We sang hymns, and as I'm reading the words of the hymns, I'm blessed because those words are words of truth. And most of the time, hymns are what? Testimonies or prayers? They're there to comfort us. They're there to encourage us. But they're there just to be a blessing. So we, we read the hymns as we sing them along, and we feel the Spirit of God prodding our hearts, our minds, stimulating us to think, this is the God I believe in. And if it's not saying, this is the God I believe in, then you're saying, this is the God I want to believe in. This is who I want to know. I want to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want to know the God that led Lehi and his family across the wilderness. I want to know this very God that stimulated the hearts of Samuel to stand on the wall, even though they were throwing rocks and shooting arrows, because that's the God I want to believe in. 
Because when he testified of the coming of Christ, even on this land, they would not believe the believers. They said, on that morning, if, he, if, if that sign isn't shown, you're going to die tomorrow. If that sign doesn't come, you're going to die. That's in 3 Nephi. You are going to die because you believe in something that we don't think is really going to happen. Although Samuel prophesied it would. And Nephi's heart was broken and he went to God in prayer. He said, Lord, what are we to do? And he was, he was concerned. Wouldn't you be? You and all, all, your, all the believers, all those that you ministered to, were threatened, their lives were threatened. And as he's in prayer, Jesus reveals himself to him and says, this night I will come into the world. And the scripture goes on to say it was a day and a night and a day the sun shines. It was light all day, all night, and a day. The sign, of, the sign that Samuel prophesied would come king. And all those that were willing to put their brother into death, they repented. We're so sorry. Why would we do something like that? You know, sometimes we get our, in our mind, and I don't know if you're like me. In Italian, they say testadura. It's a hard hit. Um, you get something in your mind, and you just don't let it go. And, and these people were so adamant about not letting it go. We haven't seen the sign of Christ. We're not seeing a lot of miracles. We're not seeing a lot of manifestations. We're not seeing a lot of things. Just because you don't see a lot of things doesn't mean God isn't there and God isn't real. So we have to find a way to ground ourselves on the Word of God to say, you know what? This is what it says to do. I'm going to do it because when I pray to God, I believe He's going to answer me. The story in the Bible in the Old Testament of Hezekiah, it's found in Isaiah. God told Isaiah, he says, you go to King Hezekiah and you tell him to make his house ready. His time is done. So Isaiah goes up, goes through the garden, goes through the gate, goes through the palace, goes all the way up to where Hezekiah was. He tells Hezekiah, he says, God told me to tell you to put your house in order. Because he's requiring your soul of you now. And I'm more or less paraphrasing, but this is what happened, what I read about. And Isaiah left where Hezekiah was and started back down through, through the process of going out. And Hezekiah broke his heart to God. Lord, I've been a righteous man. I've done all that I could do. How many of us would offer a prayer like, Lord, I've been a righteous man. I've done all that I can do. Hezekiah offered a prayer. Lord, I've done everything you've asked. I've done all I can do as a king. As a righteous man, I've done all I could do. How many of us are in that boat? I've done all I can do. And we have to depend on the grace of God for the rest. But realize this. We have to do what we must in order for the grace of God to be alive in us. And as he's praying, God speaks to Isaiah as he's going out the courtyard. Go back and tell Hezekiah, I'm going to give him 15 more years. So Isaiah goes back and tells him, he says, the Lord spoke to me and said, he's going to give you 15 more years. Hezekiah, was he, woo, elated? No, he wasn't. He told Isaiah, he says, well, you know, more, or less, more or less, thank you for the message, but have God prove it to me. Let him turn, it's an easy thing for him to make time go faster, but let him turn the, the time back space. And the scripture says that time went back a space as he looked at the, what, the time dial that they use, the, the, what they use as a clock. It says, the Bible says it went back a space. 
And he knew then that he was going to have that 15 years. Now, how many of us would challenge God after that point when God says, okay, you've got more time? <laughs> yeah. But we read, the, we read the Old Testament. We read the New Testament. We read the Book of Mormon. And they all glorify and testify of our God who we can believe in, who we can have a part of, who can actually live in us and allow us to be what he wants us to be if we want him to be that. It's our choice. The greatest power that God gave man is choice. You can choose to stand on your feet and testify of the glory of God in your life, or you can choose to sit there and listen to everybody else praising. But I'll promise you this, the ones that are praising God are the ones that are going to get the blessing, and the ones that don't praise God are going to miss out. I'm sorry, I hate to be rude that way, but that's what the Word says. Jesus says, when you testify of me before, before others, when I go before the Father, I'm going to testify of you. If you don't testify of me before others, I'm not going to testify of you. It's like, wow, that's harsh. Jesus loves everybody. Wait a minute, Proverbs says, what did I start with? I love those that love me. It's the eighth chapter of Proverbs. I love those that love me. And I could add this just to my thoughts, just for me thinking. I answer those that pray to me. I comfort those that seek me. I give strength to those that work towards finding me. Does that make sense? Or am I just rambling off on something here? Our God is able. Now, if you believe in the God of the Bible, in the God of the Book of Mormon, in the God of the New Testament, and I put it that way because the Old Testament and New Testament, there's a big, in our society today, seems to be a big schism between that as well. Well, that's Old Testament. We just believe in the New Testament. It's just about Jesus. That's what it's about. Do you know that the very Jesus that you read about in the New Testament was the author of the Old Testament? <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where we take all of the Word of God and we put it together and we want to know what God is able to do for us. That's why we read and why we study, because that's when we're, okay, I've got a problem now. Now I've got to get to the scriptures. What do I do now? I've got a problem. And sometimes we have to be compelled to read the word of God. Sometimes we have to be compelled to te testify of the goodness of God. Sometimes we have to be compelled to get on our knees. How much do we bless God when we walk into our house after a long day's work and we go right by, sorry, honey, we go right by our wife and go right into our room and get on our knees by our bed and talk to God to say thank you for the strength of the day. Thank you for being there with me in, in, in my troubles at work. Thank you for protecting me upon the highway. Thank you for, you know, I work in construction. The most dangerous industry in the world. More people die in the construction field because of accidents. And I've been on job sites and I've been in, involved with people that have 29 years old, two children and a wife at home, and he never goes home. It's, it's a scary scenario. But that's our world. That's what we live in. And if we're here and we're of any age, by the grace of God, we've reached the age we're at. If we hit the 50 mark, praise God. If we go beyond the 50 mark, praise God. You've got something to be thankful for. God has watched over you and protected you and preserved you to this very date to make a choice, a decision on which way you should go. And what you need to look at in your life. And I don't want to take up a whole lot more time, but I think hopefully uh, that's a good springboard for a brother to follow me if they'd like. But the challenge we have is when we read the Word of God, I want you to read the whole verse. When we read the blessings of God, read the whole verse. And I mean read the verse. 
We always want to read, this is what God can do. You know, God says he can strengthen me and lift me up on wings of eagles and I could run and not be weary and walk and not faint. You know he says that? But what's the caveat to that? What do we have to do? Those that wait upon the Lord will be lifted up upon wings of eagles. Those that wait upon the Lord will have strength to be able to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. But we must wait upon the Lord. And that doesn't mean we stand there like this. You know, what it means is we do everything that we're supposed to do. And be patient because your chariot's coming. And I say that in a good way. Be patient because the blessing of God is coming your way. You know, I can relate Old Testament stories. And one of them that I really like is when Elisha and Elijah were standing in the valley. And Elisha was a young, he was still in training. And Elijah was standing next to him. Now we know who Elijah is, right? The, the prophet that called fire out of heaven. We know that he was the one that threw the stick in the water to make the axe head float. We know he's the one that embraced the, the little boy that was dead. But here's this young prophet standing with the older prophet. What do we do? Look at the armies. There's just you and I. Look at the armies. They're coming for us. Look at the armies. Look at all the chariots. Look at all the soldiers. And Elijah, in my mind, I can imagine one of, a, very, uh, a very grounded elderly individual, very grounded, thinking to himself, this poor guy. <laughs> and he prays and he says, Lord, please open the veil that he could see the majesty of your armies that are in our favor. And God opened the eyes of Elijah. And he saw the armies that outnumbered the armies. And I don't know what the number was. I'd throw out there 100 to 1. But he saw the armies that outnumbered the armies that were after them. On flaming chariots. The armies of the angels of God. Now that was just to show the young man what the power of God was like. Do you know, I am a firm believer that God is not a respecter of persons. God doesn't love me any more than anybody else. He doesn't love me any less than anybody else. Jesus died for me. His love was supreme on that cross. And I do believe that when I read about somebody in the Word of God, if we are capable of setting our heart and our mind to be like the individual we read about, we can accomplish what God has accomplished in them. See, what do you mean, Brother David? There was a brother one time in our church that said he wanted to be like Daniel. And the experience he had, the Lord told him, he says, you want to be like Daniel? You fast three weeks like Daniel. <laughs> you fast three weeks like Daniel. You want to understand the book of Revelations? Get yourself in the mindset of the prophet that wrote them. Think about it. We have an opportunity, as Alma says, to exercise our faith. Let us exercise our faith in the word of God. Put God to the challenge. He says, try me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. And he's not only talking about tithing, although that's what that scripture refers to. He says, try me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. So this morning I ask, get yourself involved. And realize, if you have a testimony, share it. 
If you have a testimony in your life, share it. Because it blesses others. And who knows? They might be the ones sitting next to you in church next Sunday. May God bless you is my prayer. Good morning. I'm Brother Paul Liberto, and I'm from San Diego, California. And again, I've driven over the burning deserts to be here, so I'm, I'm glad to be with you. This is actually my second home, for those of you that don't know me. And uh, we come here a lot. Actually, the car knows the way better than I do. But sometimes I decide to take another way because I get confused, like Brother David said. And you guys, you guys were, were dishonest today. You know you all get confused. You can't live in this world that we're in today and not be confused. You get confused when you go to the grocery store just to buy a box of cereal. There's about 14 different kinds, more than that, cereals. When I was growing up, it was Cheerios or Wheaties or Kicks. I guess they had Kicks. Not anymore. But anyway, life is like that. We've got so many things in front of us. And Brother David actually spoke about what was on my heart today is choice. We've got to make a lot of choices in life. And before I get into following up on what he said and, and some of my own thoughts, I wanted to just tell you that uh, the church is here that we can lift each other up. The church is here that we might love each other. And if we didn't have the church, I don't know what else we'd do. You know, this is the church that was set up by Jesus Christ. It's not just any church. It's set up by Jesus Christ. And that makes a difference to us. And I, Brother Moe's not here today, and I would say this even if he was, even if he was but Brother Moe is one of my spiritual heroes because he's facing something that's very devastating in his life, a great illness. And he does it with courage and conviction and with grace. And, and for that, he's my spiritual hero. I, I, I told Brother David Nolfi one time, another brother who has ALS, and he's, he's near death. I said, Brother David, I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but if something devastating like that happens to me, I hope I can face it with the same faith and the same courage that you have. And I, I'll say that to Brother Mo. And I, I, the reason I mentioned his name today is I embraced him yesterday, and he said, you know, the cancer is back, and I'm going to get another PET scan. And he says, if you have time, if you could send one of your prayers my way. And it just touched my heart. Because that's what we do. I don't know the outcome of Brother Mo's life, but I, I know that God can heal him. I know that he can sustain him. I know that he can carry through. And I know that because he's in the church of Jesus Christ, that you will lift him up. He's depending on that. He's depending on our prayers. He's depending on our love. And I would tell Brother Mo if he was here, there's no better place for you to be, Brother Mo, because you're surrounded by the love of the saints. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about the love that Jesus Christ has given to us. And that's what Brother David preached about this morning. You know, he talked about Nephi. And, and let me read that verse again. And I said unto them that it was the word of God, and whoso would hearken unto the word of God, and would hold fast unto it, they would never perish. Neither could the temptations 
and the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them into blindness to lead them away to destruction. That doesn't mean we're not going to face serious things in our lives, physical things, financial things, emotional things. We're going to face all of those. But if we hold fast to the word, we've got eternal life. The word tells us that we, when we take the name of Jesus Christ and we go into the waters of baptism and we repent, and we have hands laid on us for the Holy Spirit, and we follow God to the best that we can all the days of our life, that we're going to be in heaven. That's the assurance that we have. And that's what the word does for us. I, I was... I was touched by the memorial service yesterday for our brother Wally. Some of you don't know him. Great evangelist in the church, 88 years old. And how that he had to make a choice in his life. Actually, let me go back just a little. I was reading Ephesians this morning. And that's all about choice too. And uh, there's a verse in here that says, Well, it says that, that you are predestined to have eternal life. Now, we don't believe in predestination in our church. We don't believe in that. So why would the scriptures say that? We're predestined to have eternal life if we love God. If we make the right choice. Brother Wally made a choice in his life. He was a young man. He, he was tempted and he had all kinds of things. He could have gone the other way. But he made a choice. And we all have to make that choice to accept the word of God. Ephesians also says, well, here it is, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. We're predestined to obey Jesus Christ and obey the word and do the things that he, he told us to do. It also says in here that we are given to understand the mysteries of God. It is mysterious. It is confusing sometimes. But we're given to understand that when we have the Bible and the Book of Mormon to lead us and we study it, we can know the mysteries of God. We can know the mysteries of the restoration of the gospel. We can know the mysteries of the things that we must do. I was reading also in conjunction with this how Paul, when he went to Ephesus, it talks about this in Acts, how when he went to Ephesus, he met people that were believing Jews, probably moved there from Jerusalem and whatever, and, and they were somehow touched by John's teachings, and they were baptized. And Paul asked him, he said, have you heard of the Holy Spirit? So we never even heard of it. I said, well, how were you baptized? He says, well, John baptized us. You know, today in the world, there's all kinds of philosophies and teachings in churches and things. They say baptism isn't even necessary. Well, the Word of God says it is, except you're baptized, you can't get into heaven. And so they, we look at those things and we look at the different beliefs and things and we come back to the Word of God and it's very clear to us. So Paul baptized them again. He, he laid hands on them and they had the Holy Spirit and they had the completeness of the gospel. 
You see, that's what's missing today. That's why there was a restoration, that, that people over time changed the word of God. They changed the will of God, and they started to do things that were maybe more convenient and more, more appealing and easier for them. But the word of God says that my word is true, and so we're to study it. We're supposed to read it, and we're supposed to understand it. Brother David uh, mentioned about being in unity. And that's another message that I, I had on my heart this morning is that I know you're a united branch. It's a, it's a wonderful branch. I enjoy being here. I see the spirit. I see the visitors. I, I see everything that happens and all of the activity and all of those things. But I know that all of our lives, sometimes we get so busy and so confused by the things of the world that we forget about people that are going through things. I, I look around, I, I see all of you that are going through things, things that are personal, things that are touching your lives. And, and you come here with those burdens, and sometimes you share them, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have prayer, and sometimes you don't. But, you know, we're a family. And my message to you today is that we need to be that family that will confess our needs one to another but then we need to react as a family and 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 deal with those needs deal with our brothers and sisters and lift them up and offer those prayers call on the telephone visit when we can pray without ceasing Ephesians tell us to pray without ceasing to do all of these things so I want you this week, as, as the Mesa branch of the Church of Jesus Christ, if you'll humor an old apostle here and, and do me this favor, I'd like for you to read the book of Acts and see what being a missionary is and what Paul did and why he wrote the epistles that tells about all the places he went. And then he wrote letters to them. Ephesians is one of the letters that he wrote, the people of Ephesus. Philippians another one he wrote. And encouraging them to be the church. Encouraging them to understand that the church was set up with apostles and prophets and evangelists and elders and teachers and all of these things for the betterment of the church. And that we're to, to understand these things and value them as God's people. That we'll believe in prayer. That we'll believe in fasting. We'll believe in lifting each other up. And that we might have the hope of eternal life always with us. That we might always be ready to tell others of the hope that's within us. And there's a, a key scripture in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 4.13. There's another famous uh, book with 4.13. Do you know what that one is? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And Ephesians 4.13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Brother David talked about the perfect man. Someday when we, when we go before the Lord and we're transformed, we'll be perfect. Until that time, do you know what I think that means, becoming the perfect man? is understanding the word of God and the plan of salvation as perfectly as we're capable of doing. I believe that's what being the perfect man 
the perfect woman in this day and time means because we're not perfect, we're in the flesh. We could never be perfect. But if we understand and we have perfection in knowing what God's will is for our life, that we need to repent when we've done wrong, that we need to praise the Lord in all things, in all things we need to praise the Lord, no matter what we're going through. We're to ask each other to lift us up and to be the church that Paul preached about. Oh, and after you read the book of Acts, it's a long book, but it's so exciting. And if you haven't read it for a while, it's just so exciting to read all the things that happen, the coming of the Holy Spirit and all those things that, that it talks about. But then I want you to read the book of Ephesus, of Ephesians rather, because it talks about a church that was not uh, cordial, I want to say. They had, they had uh, an exclusiveness the Jews did over the Gentiles, and they kind of stuck together. Sometimes we get that way, you know, we're the people of God, we, we've been saved, and, and we're just, you know, maybe a little better than they are because we know more. No, of course we shouldn't be that way, but we need to be open and available to every man and woman and child that's never heard of Jesus Christ, that's never heard of the church of Jesus Christ. We need to be that church. And that's what Paul was writing to them about. So if you'll do me that favor, I'm going to ask you next time I'm here who did this, to read the book of Acts and to read the book of Ephesians. And maybe take little notes to yourself as you go along. Because it's God's word, and it's the mysteries that he's given us. He wants us to understand. He wants us to understand about his power and his promises, no matter what we're going through. We can only do that when we read his word. May God bless you.